This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Join you the morning after Arsenal's 4-0 victory over Everton last night in which Arsenal went five points clear at the top of the Premier League table. A brilliant evening, a really enjoyable match in the end after what was a bit of a slow start, but I think we can forgive that with how the game ultimately turned out. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box and good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you happen to be in the world of those joining us on Catch Up, either on YouTube or our audio platforms. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Um, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, Matt G, good morning to you, to Marcus, to Nav, Carl, PJ, good morning, and Nav. Uh, we've got Morgie, we've got Martin, Rich, uh, we've got Olu, Poenaru, uh, which I've probably mispronounced, which I apologise for. Uh, James, good morning to you, uh, Tucker Boyd, uh, Blackshine, Anthony, Elder Boatza, uh, Chima, uh, and Condare and plenty more of you guys as well as always showing the support fantastically uh, and thank you for that do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already right uh, let's get into all of our first part of the show and then of course I'll jump into the chat box and we'll tackle as many of your questions as I can in part two four nil win Absolutely brilliant from Arsenal. Uh, yes, we could talk about the first 30 minutes not being what it was. Maybe because we played a game, you know, the weekend is a midweek game. There's always going to be a bit of slowness, especially when you played the exact starting 11. Um, it took us a little bit to get up to speed. But in the end, after we got that first goal, which was a brilliant goal, we just took full control of things and never, ever looked like being under any kind of threat whatsoever. Um, Martinelli, though. Kind of the headline story for me, Martinelli really getting back to that top level. We were concerned, I think it's probably fair to say, after the World Cup because his former dipped a bit. Yes, he scored against West Ham, he scored also against Brighton, but then he wasn't scoring and he wasn't getting on the score sheet and he looked isolated. And especially at the Everton game at Goodison Park, it was probably his worst game. It was probably the bar worst game overall of the season, but it probably was his worst game. Um, he did not look great in that fixture. It looked isolated, was doubled up easy on 
But I think that the introduction of Leandro Trossard has certainly done a lot to improve Martinelli's effectiveness. I think the way in which they interchange positions, the way in which they are so fluid on the field, certainly um, shows up in, in Martinelli's game improving. But the finishes were great. You know, he took advantage of the second goal in particular. It was a bit of a chaotic VAR moment. Um, but he was onside behind the ball, so completely fair. And Saka does brilliantly well, of course, to get the assist in that scenario too. But uh, running through on goal, you've still got to put the ball away. And it was a really, really good finish as well. So that was also massively important. But alongside Martinelli, of course, Bakaya Saka with the opening goal. And developing such a critical part of his game, being that right foot finish. When you're an inverted winger, it can be dangerous to become so predictable to know that you're just going to cut in on your left foot. To be able to have the threat of being able to use your right, it creates problems for defenders and goalkeepers. They don't know what you're necessarily going to do. And that's what Saka has done. He's developing the right-sided part of his game, the right foot, the cross the drive into the box, the shot. If you remember the goal he scored against Leeds a little bit earlier on this season, again from that tight angle on the right-hand side, he just knows how to find the roof, or the roof of the net. And he's developed that part of his game really, really nicely. Not only that, but as I said before, such as just a second ago, the crosses that he brings from the right foot as well, when he gets to the touchline, smashes it across the box or dinks it over the back post, those types of opportunities as well uh, are starting to really improve in his game. But... Uh, yeah, Saka's working so well at the moment. I saw, um, and I want to give credit to, to Balaji, one of our listeners who sent me a fantastic tweet this morning. Um, a tweet from, I think, a Manchester United fan who says, I don't get why we can't use Anthony like how Arsenal use Saka. Uh, and a guy called Rabe Khan has replied saying, just because you pay £86 million for a bicycle, it doesn't become a Rolls Royce, which I very much enjoyed reading this morning. Um Forget Rashford, forget Haaland. For me, Erdegaard is player of the season so far. I mean, you can easily talk about the goals that Rashford has scored and the goals that Haaland has scored. But Martin Erdegaard is the absolute catalyst behind Arsenal's title run this season. When he plays well, we play well. And when he's not necessarily playing as well, we have a challenge in trying to level up everybody else to, you know, con- um, to What's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, not compromise, but uh, we've got... I suppose we have to compromise a bit because, of course, Martin Odegaard not being there means everyone else has to step, step up. But compensate is the word I'm looking for. We have to compensate a bit for uh, for Odegaard not necessarily being um, on his top form. But thankfully, for the majority of this season, Odegaard has indeed been on his top game. Nine goals so far this season. Seven assists as well. Um, he, he, I just can't say and speak highly enough of how good he is and the level in which he's producing now compared to when he first arrived at the club has just gone up higher and higher and higher the creativity the vision the passing and to be fair Zinchenko I'll come on to in a minute it's it's almost like you've got two Erdogan's at times with their vision and their passing but you know if Arsenal go on to win the league then the player of the season surely has to be Arsenal's most important player. And for me, Martin Odegaard with that nine goals and seven assists and just how important he is to this team has to be up there and considered to be one of the best players, if not the best player so far this season. Another goal for him. Really good finish. First time right-footed, I think, uh, as well, which is always good to see a left-footer like we just said with Saka score as well. So, 
yeah, very, very impressive. Now, for me, I just mentioned Alexander Zinchenko. Um, for me, I think this is his best game. I think this is be- this is his best game in an Arsenal shirt. I, I can't think of a game. I know he had a really good game um, uh, earlier on in the season. I think the Bournemouth game, he was brilliant. Um, but this this game in particular, I thought he was sublime like the way in which I wrote about it in my piece this morning where I basically said that any heat map used is going to need a little bit more gas this morning to light up as much of the pitch as they can as feasibly possible because he was everywhere the way in which he covers ground is just so it's it's not I don't use words like inspiring because I think you you reserve them for things but it's certainly a, a it does spark thoughts of of like how is he doing this and Mikel Arteta again deserves credit because we've, I think we've unlocked, I think we've unlocked uh, Zinchenko significantly, and I think what he's been able to bring to the team since obviously moving into to Kieran Tierney's position is just something that tactically we've just not been able to have in recent seasons, maybe ever. I've never seen a left back play like Zinchenko has at Arsenal in, in all my time of watching the club. So it is a brand new element to this Arsenal team and it has certainly levelled up. And we can be frustratedly annoyed for Kieran Tierney, but I'm sorry. But when you've got a player this good doing what he is doing, you just you just can't be too annoyed that, that Tierney's not getting minutes because Zinchenko is just so important. And in every Premier League game, he starts. And I know that we've had discussions about whether he should move into midfield and then Xhaka comes out because he's not having the best of times at the moment, maybe. Although I thought Xhaka, again, was was back to more of his best yesterday. Um, but Zinchenko, you just can't move him out of that left-back position, if we're honest. You just can't. You just can't take him out of that left-back role. And, and I'm sorry for Giratini, and I do feel sorry for him. And I don't think Arteta's treated him badly at all. I think that's a cop-out excuse to to just kind of have some kind of criticism towards Arteta. He's not treating him badly and he will probably come in for those Europa League games. But Zinchenko has to play because he is just so, so good at what he does. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe's back and played and came off the bench and looked threatening. I liked what I saw. I liked the touches. I liked the pass. And there was a, in particular a moment in the, uh, towards the end of the game where he picked up the ball after a long pass on the left-hand side, cut in, played it into the centre um, and it created an opportunity. Nearly had a chance to score as well if he could have just got the ball out of his feet. Smith Rowe really is something that I think is going to be really key between now and the end of the season. Having him as an asset in this side, on top of what we've already already had so far. I mean, if you think about it, we've not even had him for most of the season because whilst we've been missing Gabriel Jesus, yes, we can all talk about the absence of Gabriel Jesus. Like Smith Rowe has barely played any football this season at all. Because obviously he suffered with that injury at Man United. He then had surgery that kept him out. He's come back. And then obviously what happens after surgery is sometimes you're a little bit more at risk from injuries than you might else what might otherwise be because you've been overcompensating on some parts of your body. And I think we experienced that. But now he's back and now he's ready. And now he's in the box and getting in the opportunities to score. And he is going to be an asset, not only in the Premier League, but of course to have him as a quality player, someone who could figure in the Europa League gives us the ability to fight across multiple competitions as well. So really, really happy to see him back. And I can't wait to see what he brings to the team. Last thing to talk about. Uh, I love this comment from Arteta after the game in which he was talking about how now it's down to the hour. It's down to the hour of, of what we're doing. It was the next game. It was the next training session. Now it's the next hour 
for Mikel Arteta. Um, and can you blame him? He doesn't want to think too far ahead. He doesn't want to get ahead of himself ever. He just wants to focus on what Arsenal can do in the next game, session, hour ahead in the conversations he can have with the players in order to make sure that we are moving in the right direction. Mikel Arteta deserves just a... You can't put into words, really, um, anymore, kind of how important it is that and what the job that he's done at the club is. It's just been brilliant. And a huge part of that is learning from mistakes, mistakes that were made at the beginning of his time with Arsenal. And not many coaches do that. A lot of coaches are too stubborn to be able to recognise the errors that are made in the past and to change and to move forwards and react to that. But we are a club that learn. We're not just a club that are good. We're not just Arsenal that are playing really well and have got great players and are doing really good things. But when we don't do things well, we learn. And and that's a really key aspect of a team that wants to go and win a title. So Mikel Arteta, once again, showing how important he is uh, to Arsenal. OK, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, let's jump into part two and your questions in the chat box. Uh, Raybeam says, Big Gabby, also super impressive. Yeah, again. I mean, it's getting to the point now where, and it's not fair because you should talk about him. We should bring him up every game. But this is kind of coming, this is becoming the norm now. Um, this is just becoming the absolute norm for, for Gabriel. For me, I think he's probably the form defender in the league. I think he's probably the best defender in the league right now um, in terms of performance consistency. Yes, he had a little bit of a, a blip against Man City. Um, but I think that right now, in this merry moment, the best centre-back in the league is Gabriel. And f- considering the fact in the first half of the season, I kind of looked at Saliba and thought he is the best centre-back in the league. It's nice that the other one that we have uh, is now that. And, and those two as a pair, you know, I think it just complements. They just complement one another perfectly well they're both I mean Saliba's got the extra bit of mobility and pace and Gabriel's got that bit uh that 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 greater kind of aerial presence than Saliba does so yeah uh I really look forward to seeing those two continue to develop and not only that but as Dave points out Kivior looks mustard for the under 21s his passing range was insane we've got depth we've got depth in our defense as well do you remember the days of Mustafi you know the days of of Gabriel uh Paulista um, <laughs> there was never, you were never a hundred percent sure. And I look, I love Pear Matazaka. And, uh, for the time that Koscielny was at the club, I really enjoyed what he brought as well. And, 
but you know, I think that the level that we've got with these centre backs now, when you look back at what we've had in that position in the past, it's just night and day. It is just night and day. Um, and to see the level go up so significantly is a big reason as to why we are where we are in the league this season. Uh, ben says, hey, Tom, question. When Jesus comes back and with the way Trossard is playing, do you think Eddie's game time will be limited? I mean, it, regardless of Trossard, I think when Jesus came back, his game time was always going to be limited. Um, he's now limited anyway by being on the bench. Trossard's going to be looking at Gabriel Jesus coming back now and going, oh, I've just, I've just kind of got myself into the team. And and now I'm going to lose that position when Jesus comes back. But that's part and parcel of being ruthless with your side and your selection. And when you've got a better player coming back, they're going to get those minutes. And my goodness, have we missed Jesus. What on earth could we have done in this period if we've done so well still since he's been out? If we'd have had Jesus, I wonder what on earth we could have done in terms of points, in terms of the Everton game, the, uh, the Newcastle game, if we had him for the City game, if we had him for the Brentford game. I wonder what things would have been different for us. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Josh, who says, hi, Tom. Hope you are good. I am, mate. Uh, apparently, Arsenal might be targeting Yunus Musa from Valencia. He used to play for Arsenal at one point. Should Arsenal target him this summer? Uh, interesting player. Can play deep in the midfield, can play as an eight. Uh, Arsenal are clearly looking at midfielders to bring in during the summer. He was a former Arsenal Youth Academy product as well. US men's, inter, uh, men's national team player. USMNT. Always get that the wrong way around. But uh, he's a decent player. I'm not sure whether or not he's the marquee midfield signing that we're looking to try and do. Declan Rice seems to be that number one target. But uh, certainly, Eunice Musa is a very talented player. And you can see why Arsenal would like him. Uh, let's go to Darren says, we should be celebrating this win for sure. But we tend to do well only against teams where our plan A works. I feel our title credentials lie with Mikel figuring out a plan B when we're struggling. Um, what is Man City's plan B? And what has Man City's plan B been um, in recent seasons? Because for me, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis on this plan B. And part of me thinks that obviously it's important to have a player that can maybe come off the bench and... I don't know what a plan B for most people is what you bring in a striker that's what six foot five and and try and get them to school. That's Man United's plan A at the moment with Edcourt. Um what was Liverpool's plan B when we won the Champions League or when they won the league themselves? Did they have a plan B? I, I think that maybe there's too much emphasis on this plan B. I don't see variation um I don't see variation in the style of Man City. Uh, I think that the way in which they played during the game against us when they had Bernardo Silva at left back, that Bernardo Silva at left back situation has cost them. That's been a situation that's cost them points, you know, already this season. Um, they're not like If you think about where they've come as a club, they've changed some players around. They've got a really good kind of team throughout. They've got a bench that's full of starters. But if you swap out players like Grealish for Foden or... Harlem for Alvarez or, you know, even Bernardo Silva for Ake at left back, which is a very different style. I'm not suggest. I don't think that's just a, I don't think that's plan B. I just don't think that's, do you know what I'm saying? I just don't see like a categoric plan B. I just think that a plan B in most people's minds is if we're struggling to break down a team of a low block, we need to bring on a big fat off striker to try and break it down. Now I do think, and I have, uh, and I, th I think that Mikel Arteta could be, 
slightly more proactive with substitutions. I think that in moments like we saw against Brentford or like we saw against um or like we saw against Man City, we we could make some substitutions that are a little bit more proactive. Let's say moving Zinchenko into midfield for Xhaka and then bringing Tierney on to be somebody who overlaps more on the left hand side. Maybe that's what we could do, sure. Um but I, I do think that I don't put as much emphasis on the plan B um, as as other people do. And I also don't necessarily think that our, our title credentials rely on whether or not we have one. I just think that Arsenal and the way that we play is synonymous with what Mikel Arteta wants to do. I think if you can improve it, it will be from the substitutions, just being a little bit more proactive with them and being less predictable with them. But I don't describe that as a plan B because I think that just the, the, the stereotypical plan B is your, your fat off striker that comes on, you know, and, and scores uh, a goal from a corner or a goal from a header from a cross. I think that's what you're looking at ultimately. But um, yeah, I, I don't agree with you, Darren. I don't think that our title credentials lie on, on whether Arteta figures out a plan B. For me, our title credentials lie upon whether or not the existing style and play that we have works out those teams. Let's be honest. Our plan A beat Everton last night. Our plan A beat Villa. Our plan A beat Leicester. Our plan A has beaten Spurs and Chelsea and Manchester United. Our plan A is bloody good, right? You know, and I think our plan A is good enough to win the league on its own. I think we can win the league playing the way that we play. I would just like to see a couple of tweaks with the substitutions become less predictable, but I don't think it's so drastic that you call that plan B. Um, I think there's too much that's kind of put onto this. Uh, and I don't think that the the definition or the, the terminology that's used to describe substitutions is fair because for me, plan B is just throw on that six foot five striker and start pinging the ball into the box and praying. Um, let's go to the super chat we had. Uh, Ali says, uh, glad to catch you live for a change. Uh, keep up the great work, mate. Thank you for being the voice of reason so often. Thank you, Ali. That's very kind of you and very, very generous as well. Really appreciate the support to the channel. I hope that you and yours are good and well. Uh, let's go a little bit further down the chat. Let's go to um, do, 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 do. Dan and Dylan says, hi, Tom. What's our percentage to win the league now on that prediction site? Also, for fun, what are Chelsea's chances of reaching Champions League football? Yeah, let's have a quick look at 538 uh, Premier League predictions. So Arsenal are currently 57% likely, according to the prediction model, to win the Premier League. Man City are 40%. Chelsea's likelihood of reaching the Champions League is less than 1%, it says here. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, annoyingly, Spurs is, is 42, uh, and hopefully that will change in the coming weeks or so. Liverpool winning, I think. You know, if we could all choose between Liverpool or Spurs to get Champions League football next season, I think we all know what the obvious answer is. Um, let's go to Lynn. He says, uh, in my opinion, Arteta knows exactly what he is looking for from a player when he brings them in, and that is why I trust him with the players he goes after, because you know it's only going to improve us. That's not a question, Lynn. <laughs> That's just a very good statement that I agree with. Uh, Jonathan says, question what yesterday was not a plan B? Saka got locked out, and then he was suddenly on the right, and Saka came in more centrally. Again, I, I I I agree that we've had variation in our play and there is variables in what we do. I don't think we're one-dimensional at all. Um, I just think that the, the plan B tagline is just a little bit 
archaic. Um, I don't think it fits with with what we're doing as a club. And I think there's too much emphasis put on Arsenal having just a really categorically different thing uh, coming off of the bench than we currently do. Um, for the record, I wouldn't sign a six foot plus striker just for the sake of having one on the bench. I wouldn't do that. I don't think the benefit of having that outweighs having someone as good as Jesus on the bench or someone that can come in and bring some variation in terms of their technical skill or their passing or their vision or their directness of play in terms of their running and, and where their shooting is. I wouldn't swap I wouldn't swap that. I think that that's more important to the way that we shouldn't... If you're relying on having that type of plan B, I mean, you're not going to win the league. And that's why Man City have won the league four out of the last five seasons without having, you know, that. And we could argue now that this season they've got Haaland, who is like, you know, your archetypal tall striker, good in the air. But let's be real, Haaland is out there on his own as a, an enigma. You know, he's just very much a, a player to himself. So, yeah, that's that's what I've, I've wanted to see. Uh, let's go to um, <laughs> Meet uh, Mete says, uh, Tom, what is the likelihood that we will be celebrating St. Totteringham's Day in early April? Um, well, by the time we get to April, there would be, what, 10 games or so left of the Premier League season? Um, the table at the moment means that if Arsenal win their next four games, and there are four games left between now and April, we'd be on 72 points, which I think... I mean, it's mad to think that if we are on 72 points, I'm trying to have a quick look at um, the table of last season. What did we finish last season on? How many points? We finished on 69 points. So we are three wins away from matching our total from last season. That's mad. The season before that, we finished on 61 points. So we're one point away from beating our 2021 total. Um the season before that, we were on 56 points, which we've already eclipsed. So by the time... Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Like, we've already got six more points at the start of March than we had in the whole of the 2019-20 season. Um, I think St. Totteringham's Day, if you're thinking about what you need to get to get... We're 15 points ahead. So that's five wins and five losses. And I can almost guarantee you that that gap could increase, should increase between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, there's a good chance of Totteringham's Day being in April, potentially, potentially. Liam, thank you so much for the kind donation. Really appreciate uh, that. That's really kind of you indeed. And, and Lynn is a very, very committed and long-term listener of the channel. Uh, Derek says, Tom, atmosphere was unreal last night. At the airport now back to Dublin. Didn't even know Anana was playing. Partey was different gravy and a beast when he came on. See you at Craven Cottage. Indeed, you will. Fingers crossed. Hoping to be there. Uh, Djan says, uh, Tom, why are we so bad at corners? We never look like scoring from a corner and defending a corner. Didn't we score against Aston Villa like two games ago from a corner? Um, I'm pretty sure we did. I don't think that's fair, Djan. Um, I don't think that's fair at all. Um, I, th I think we scored against Villa just two games ago from a corner. So, no, I don't agree with you. Uh, I think that in terms of corners, we can be better, sure. We can stop conceding more goals from corners, perhaps. Um, I think we had a thing where we like conceded three in a row from set pieces, but one of them should have been offside. Um, the other one against Tarkovsky, we were playing badly that game. And Man City, I think, maybe got one from a set piece. I can't quite remember all their goals in that game. But no, I don't agree with you. I think that we are not bad from corners at all. I think it's something that we can be better at. 
but we are indeed scoring from them. So, and I quite like the way we're going short. I think it creates more chaos. If you looked at the actual statistics of the amount of times that teams score when they just kick the ball into the box from a corner, it's like ridiculously small. Like the chances are really, really small of a team doing that. So the way in which we go short, the idea behind that, and I'm sure they would be doing plenty of analysis on it, is that it actually gives us a better chance of getting a more legitimate shot on goal than just pinging it into the box. I don't know if you noticed, but we don't have that many big players um, when it comes to like in being in in the box. You've got Gabriel and Saliba. I suppose you can add White into the mix as well, but I don't I don't know how often White gets into the box or corners. But yeah, we don't particularly have too many big players. Um, Partey, Gabriel, Saliba, and Partey when he starts, you know, is there. But I don't necessarily think that we are the team to start pinging the ball into us, especially when most of the teams in the Premier League have a lot of big players that are bigger than us numerically. So the chances of us getting a goal from a corner by kicking one into the box, I just don't think is very high. And so I can completely understand why we're going short from all of our set pieces at the moment. Josh, thank you so much for becoming a member. Thank you for helping support the channel. Really appreciate your kind uh, support and uh, if you are indeed an expert member or a TGT ambassador you can join our discord server and also get involved with our, uh, our our preview shows that we do with our members as well uh, unless you're renewing your membership Josh and then in which case I already know who you are <laughs> but maybe you're not uh, Johnny says wow I'm so sick of winning <laughs> sorry I'm sorry Johnny um, I, I, I'm, I'm not if that's okay with you uh, Olu says hey Tom just like for United playing three days is good for our momentum Keep winning, um, and it's an opportunity to bounce back after a poor result as well. Yeah, of course it is, and I think that we've got you know the we've got enough of the um, what's the word I'm looking for depth in the squad to be able to cope with the fact that we're playing a game every just over three days. Our next game is of course against Bournemouth at the weekend. We haven't got long between now and playing them on what Saturday. Playing them on Saturday, yeah, Saturday three o'clock. And Man City played the early game that day as well, so uh, we'll already know what Man City have done before we play that fixture. So the pressure will be on us, perhaps, or either way, you know, either to to widen the gap because they play Newcastle, or to to bring that gap down. We'll have to wait and see what we do. Um, DJ Jackie B says, "Poor neighbours last night, four times no less. Um, our neighbours are just the gift that keeps on giving." I mean, not only is this probably the the most uh, opportunistic year for a side to win an FA Cup, because I know Man City is still in it and Man United is still in it, but everyone else is gone. And I think there's something like four lower league oppositions in the quarterfinals. You've got Blackburn, Grimsby. Oh, yeah, that's a big bit of news I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you've got Blackburn, Grimsby, Sheffield United, and who else? I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, I'm sure the chat box are going to be going mad with it in a second, but... Uh, no, I can't remember who it is. It's Grimsby, it's Grimsby, Blackburn, Sheffield United, and Burnley, of course. Burnley are the other team. They're playing against Man City. So, <laughs> I mean, Spurs just absolutely, comically, hilariously awful at football. And I enjoy it. But yeah, on Grimsby, uh, that is some news to talk about. So, Grimsby knocking out Southampton means that we will definitely, definitely have a game uh, on the weekend of the 21st of April. Uh, it'll either be on the 21st, which is the Friday where we play Southampton, or it'll be on the Sunday, and that will happen if we progress past Sporting Lisbon in the Europa League. So if we beat Sporting in the Europa, if we knock them out, we progress to the quarterfinals, the game against Southampton will be on Sunday. That does uh, preclude a game for us against Manchester City in the midweek following that. So no weekend off confirmed after Grimsby knocked out Southampton. For me... 
you know, I'm a little bit happy about that in a way because I'm going to be going to Chicago uh, that weekend for Gunapalooza. So there will definitely be a Premier League game that weekend now we're out there. So that's definitely um, that's definitely a, a positive for me. <laughs> I don't know that there'll be obviously some people as well that will be going, uh, will be obviously travelling to um, uh, to London from, and would have planned to go to London that weekend for the Southampton game. So those people, of course, will have get, got a game as well. So there are positives, even though maybe all of us in the grand scheme of things would rather have had a weekend off before playing City. But it, maybe as we just talked about, momentum is really, really important. Right. Let's wrap up the show there. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate your time, as always. Do remember to drop a like on the video before you leave. It really does help us out. And, of course, with Arsenal doing so incredibly well, it means so much to see our collaborativeness and togetherness as a group. I'm really looking forward, fingers crossed, to seeing this form continue. We'll, of course, bring you all the build-up to the game against Bournemouth, a preview show coming out uh, at the latter end of this week, probably tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. I'll be getting into our... Uh, members channel to make sure that we've got a show reacting to that we might do another show this evening potentially i need to find out from our eat sleep arsenal repeat guys if they're indeed available for a chat but other than that it's been a genuine pleasure it is always is to speak with you have a fantastic end to your weekdays uh as we go ahead to the weekend and hopefully another chance to maybe widen the gap even further to manchester city see you soon and as always up the arsenal Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.